Hello, I'm Maria Chitizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of April 1. In the news, the Minister of Emergency Situations is arrested on corruption charges. The ruling civil contract party announces their mayoral candidate for the 2023 elections. And Artsakh requests more Russian peacekeepers as situation remains tense. The situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border near Paruch is relatively stable. However, Azerbaijani armed forces remain on one side of the strategic height of Karakluk. The skirmishes near Paruch last week resulted in the deaths of three Armenian servicemen. Fifteen more were wounded. One of them is in a critical condition. Over the weekend, there were mixed reports about the withdrawal of Azerbaijani troops from the village of Paruch on March 27. Russia's Ministry of Defense announced that Azerbaijani armed forces withdrew from Paruch as a result of negotiations. However, the information was not immediately confirmed by authorities in Artsakh. In response, Baku stated that the announcement of the Russian Defense Ministry was flawed and that Azerbaijani forces had not retreated from Paruch and surrounding mountainous regions. The next day, the NKR Info Center, this is the Nagorno-Karabakh Republic Info Center, reported that the village of Paruch was under the control of of Russian peacekeepers and that the defense army controlled most of Karakuluch, adding that Azerbaijani soldiers were still stationed on the positions they had managed to secure during the incursion on March 25. Negotiations are still underway among the Armenian, Russian, and Azerbaijani sides regarding this strategic height. On March 25, the Security Council of Artsakh applied to Russian President Vladimir Putin to increase the Russian peacekeeping contingent in Nagorno-Karabakh and also accordingly increase their arsenal state that since its deployment in Artsakh, the Russian peacekeeping forces have for the most part fulfilled their mission. However, since March 8 of this year, Azerbaijan has intensified its humanitarian, psychological, and physical aggression in the region. And on March 28, Putin's press secretary, Dmitry Peskov, said that Russia's defense ministry will make a decision on increasing the peacekeeping forces in Artsakh, adding that for Russia, the foremost priority is that the sites adhere to the provisions of the November 9 statement. Natural gas supply to Artsakh was finally restored on March 29. Two days earlier, Azerbaijan state oil company Sokar had announced that repairs on the pipeline had been completed and the gas supply would be restored in Stepanagert and surrounding areas. In response to Sokar's announcement, uh, Artsakh Gas, the state gas company, stated that Sokar has nothing to do with Artsakh. In fact, natural gas is provided by Gazprom Armenia, which is a daughter company of the Russian giant Gazprom, and it is delivered to consumers by Artsakh Gas's distribution network. According to the company, Sokar's announcement is a provocative disinformation campaign aimed at misleading the public in Artsakh and the international community. Today, a representative of Sokar announced that the company was planning to repair the gas infrastructure in Stepanagert and surrounding areas. Also on March 26, the president of Artsakh, Arai Karutunyan, signed a decree on temporarily restricting rights and freedoms under martial law, which has been enforced since the outbreak of the war in Artsakh in 2020. The new restrictions concerned the freedom of assembly mainly. Earlier that day, a rally was organized in Stepanagert by the civic initiative Women of Artsakh for the Future of Artsakh organization. The participants demanded that the international community prevent a new genocide in Artsakh by preventing the ethnic cleansing of Armenians. The protesters also called for the recognition of the Republic of Artsakh as a way to ensure the security and the safety of its people. And the National Security Service of Artsakh will now have a, what they're calling a combat division, 
which will guard the borders or the line of contact. Artsakh's National Assembly adopted the respective bill on March 30. On March 28, Armenia's Security Council announced that Azerbaijan is trying to find imaginary justifications and is paving the way for new provocations and attacks against Nagorno-Karabakh, including accusing Armenia of being unconstructive on the issue of the so-called peace treaty and called on Azerbaijan to immediately start negotiations on a comprehensive peace treaty. The Security Council also invited the attention of the international community on the likelihood of armed clashes in Nagorno-Karabakh and underlined the necessity to launch international containment mechanisms to prevent further military escalation and ethnic cleansing in the region. Amid tensions in Artsakh, official Baku announced on March 29 that Azerbaijan is ready to sign a peace treaty with Armenia based on the five points that it had proposed earlier uh, in March. The next day, EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Toivo Klar, facilitated a meeting between Armenia Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian and Hikmet Hajiev, the advisor of Azerbaijan's president. The meeting was organized to advance joint efforts to find solutions to a range of issues between both countries. The discussions focused on preparations for the upcoming meeting between Charles Michel, Ilham Aliyev and Nigol Pashinyan uh, in Brussels on April 6. Grigorian and Hajiev also held separate talks. The participants agreed to meet again over the coming weeks to continue discussions and address issues related to prospects for a peace agreement between Armenia and Azerbaijan. During the government session yesterday also, Prime Minister Pashinyan announced that he hopes to discuss the peace treaty with Ilham Aliyev in Brussels next week. The OSC chairperson in office, Polish Foreign Minister Zbigniew Rao, is conducting a regional visit. Today, he met with Armenia's Foreign Minister, Ararat Mirzoyan. During a joint press conference, Mirzoyan stated that the sides discussed the recent tensions in nagorno karabakh the situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border, as well as uh, the ongoing bilateral talks between Armenia and Turkey. Mirzoyan stated that Azerbaijan's proposals concerning the signing of a peace treaty are, in general, acceptable for Armenia, expressing hope that the OSC will be able to facilitate these talks between Yerevan and Baku. Rao also said that the Polish chairmanship of the OSC fully supports all initiatives which will help bring Armenia and Azerbaijan to the negotiation table, adding that the OSC is determined to ask Armenia as well as Azerbaijan to engage in negotiations in good faith in order to reach a comprehensive solution for all issues. Rao also stated that the OSC is hopeful that Progress will be achieved, especially on account of pressing humanitarian issues such as the release of remaining POWs, information exchange on missing persons, and the preservation of cultural heritage. Meetings with Prime Minister Nigel Pashinyan and President Vahagan Khachadiryan are also scheduled for later today. Before arriving in Yerevan, Rao uh, had visited Tbilisi and Baku. During a press conference with Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister Jehan Bayramov, Rao said that as the OSCE chairing country, Poland supports efforts to reach stable peace in the region, expressing hope that the OSCE will remain a platform where diplomatic and political solutions can be reached for conflicts. Ilham Aliyev uh, said during his meeting, with Rao that Azerbaijan unilaterally solved the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict and that it's time that Baku and Yerevan sort out their relations.
And this week, several media outlets, among them Turkish and European ones, reported that Armenia had sent four Su-30 warplanes to Russia for use in Ukraine. On March 28, Armenia's Ministry of Defense denied the claims, adding that it is also not true that Armenia served as the main route for Russia to transfer Syrian mercenaries to Ukraine. Yesterday, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan tweeted that outrageous disinformation was being disseminated, adding that the Su jets have never left the borders of Armenia since they were brought to Armenia. The BBC was among the foreign media organizations that reported uh, about uh, these Armenian warplanes as well as the Syrian mercenaries passing through Armenia. The BBC cited the Azerbaijani Haber Global as their source, but did not include the denial issued by the Armenian Ministry of Defense. Um, Certainly, this was shocking and everybody was talking about it. It was a very one-sided report. And yesterday, Armenia's Ministry of Defense organized a tour of the military airbase in Gyumri uh, for military attaches of EU and NATO member states. During the tour, the military officials saw that these SU planes uh, that are actually stationed in that airbase... Amnesty International published its annual report this week on the state of the world's human rights uh, in which it called out Armenia for restricting freedom of speech and access to information. In the report, the organization stated that the government in Armenia introduced several legislative amendments curtailing independent media and other critical voices. It touched upon the increased fine for the insult of and defamation. This is up to 6 million Armenian drums. That's approximately 12,000 US dollars and the criminalization of insulting public figures. This week, uh, the Foreign Affairs Minister Arat Mirzoyan was in Tbilisi, a foreign official visit where he met his Georgian counterpart, as well as Prime Minister Irakli Garibashvili. Issues on the agenda of Armenian-Georgian cooperation included further promotion of economic relations and transport links. Issues related to regional and international security were also uh, discussed. On April 8, Arat Mirzoyan will be in Moscow for an official visit. And now to local news. This week, Armenia's Minister of Emergency Situations, Andranik Piloyan, was arrested on corruption charges. He was appointed Minister of Emergency Situations in November of 2020. During the Artsakh War, he served as the commander of the first military unit and received the title of National Hero of Armenia for his services during the war. On March 30, Goris Mayor Arush Arushanyan was released. Uh, he was in pretrial detention for the last nine months for handing out bribes during last year's parliamentary elections, as well as doing business illegally and causing damage to the environment. Um, This goes back to uh, 2017. He was cleared of all charges regarding electoral bribes, um, but he cannot take up any leading position in the local community for five years. However, as his alliance won the local elections in Goris last fall, he will serve as mayor of Goris until the court's decision comes into force. The prosecutor's office has yet to decide whether it will appeal the court's decision. Arushanyan was also sentenced to six and a half months for the second set of charges, abuse of power and damage to the environment. However, the judge handed down a suspended sentence. And former Deputy Prime Minister Dikran Avinyan is poised to become Deputy Mayor of Yerevan. Meanwhile, the ruling civil contract party has decided that it will nominate Avinyan as mayoral candidate for the upcoming municipal elections in Yerevan. And when we say upcoming, they're in, they're going to take place next year. Next, next year, yes, mid-2023. No further details have been made public at this stage.
On March 22nd, a second round of municipal elections were held in Bedi, during which the ruling civil contract party secured over 56% of the votes. This means that their candidate, Garik Sarkisian, who formerly served as the governor of Ararat region, will be elected mayor of uh, Bedi. And although there are still no official numbers as to how many people arrived in Armenia from countries affected by the uh, Russian-Ukrainian war, according to Armenia's central bank, over 20,000 foreigners have opened accounts in Armenian banks during February 28, March 25. According to unofficial reports, close to 80,000 foreigners have arrived in Armenia since the outbreak of the war in Ukraine. And Armenia's Prosecutor General's Office reports that in 2021, criminal charges filed for corruption increased by 25% compared to 2020. Uh, 1,698 were prosecuted, among them 590 public officials, including a former president, two parliamentarians, four ministers, one deputy minister, three judges, the chief of staff of the armed forces, two deputy defense ministers, two governors, and one former mayor of Yerevan. Lovely way to end this. And we, today we <laughs> reported that there's an additional uh, minister right. of emergency situations. Right. Um, so this is the this is how the week has been. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. And uh, we'll see you again next week.